Welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast, the number one track coach focused podcast in the world. From time to time, we like to bring you rebroadcasted value added podcast episodes, some little bonus material, if you will, in between our awesome interviews from coaches around the world. This is just great friends of ours, the Athletics LLC, hosted by Marissa Chu, featuring Mouse Holloway, Chris Huffins, and Charles Ryan. This is a great gang. They operate on YouTube on Friday nights. You got to go be subscribed. We're so blessed that they would let us give you the audio version. So without further ado, Athletics LLC. You are tuned in. To Athletics Double LC yeah, 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 yeah. with Lamar, uh-huh. Lucius, uh-huh. Big League Chew, him yeah. my man Clyde. <laughs> you are about to be schooled in all things track and field. This is experience. Yes, sir. We are talking past, past present, present, future. future. Y'all listen up. Let's go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Number 31. Whoa, third decade. Just kidding. Um, Welcome to Athletics LLC. My name is Big League Chu. Thank you for joining us for another enticing, this is going to be enticing, episode of these three tiles with me about all things track and field and not track and field. So let me start by introducing Lamar, fight to 270, Huffins. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lucius. What's up, everybody? And Clyde. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us once again. And uh, we are, we're going to hit the ground, and we're going to run really fast. But are we going to be as fast as some NFL players? That's the question. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the buildup? That was a good one. That, that, that was a, in the making there. Um, so let's talk about NFL speed. Can these NFL players come to U.S. trials and contend in these races that they say they can. What do we think? Mm. We'd like to set this on fire first. <laughs> mm. I mean, I, I mean I, being the elder statesman here, it'd be, it'd be my absolute pleasure to call absolute bullshit on the total statement of this, okay? So let's just start right there. So I, I had the pleasure of reading something from someone that said they were a track coach that was comparing numbers for this guy. If you look, watch the video, he was 670 something for the 60 and the other guy was 68 something for the 60. And these guys, typically the six, seven guys typically go 10. Oh, not sure who these people are. They run six, seven indoors and run six, 10 outdoors. But the fallacy, the fallacy of the argument for me begins with the fact that they, they had a running start. Okay. It's important. Exactly. So if you're a six, seven, what a runner start, that means you're six, nine, which means now at best you're a quality female sprinter. So we need to, it's no different than saying because a guy runs fast in track that he can therefore be a great football player. And because one football player runs another football player down does not automatically qualify him to go to the Olympic trials and, and qualify any for anybody's team. That's disrespectful to track and field. That's disrespectful to the 100 meter sprinters in track and field, to the coaches in track and field. That you think that you can just pull off the pads. Okay. Because <clears throat> arguably the fastest guy in the league is Tyreek Hill. Arguably. 
Yeah. It's an argument, at least. Yes, it's an argument, at least. But I don't see Tiger Hill making anybody's Olympic trials team. No. So have at it, my young friends. <laughs> um, well, the funniest part about that, I'll just segue. You know what? This is be like a relay. I'll just grab it from where you left it. Okay. I don't think people realize how much faster Tyreek Hill is than DK Metcalf. Mm -hmm. Because they both play offense, so you'll never see them race. But I just, I don't think they really understand like how much faster Tyreek Hill is. DK Metcalf is fast for a football player. And he's really fast for a dude who weighs 230 pounds. Like, I'll give him that. His force output, like, that's what, you know, the scientists and me, like, I want to see that. I want to put his ass on some force plates and see what we really got, because I think he's a freak. But we just talking about fast. I think the only way we can really debunk this, like, going forward is we need to take, like, four or five world-class 100-meter guys, put them in either a helmet, shells, and cleats, and run a 40 on grass, or shoulder pads, no helmet, on, in cleats, on grass, so people could understand how much faster track people are than football people. Um, big League, what did Christian Coleman run when he ran the 40 a couple years ago? Ooh, I did four, look this up. One, two. It's like, it's like 412 or 414, something like that. But this is what people don't understand. Like, look, playing around they, on a random day. Right. That was that was part of warm up that he went outside to go have practice. Like, I remember when I was younger, there was some football guy that was out there running his mouth about run, running forties, and I bet him a hundred dollars. I was like, listen, you run two forties, you take the best one. Whenever you're done, I'll run five of those in a row with a walk back recovery. I won, that was the easiest hundred dollars I've ever won in my life. <laughs> and let's be clear, I, I was a 10-2-2 and 6-6-1 PB sprinter. I was fast. Therefore, it goes back and debunks the whole 6-7 runs 10 up. Exactly, because I was fast, just fast enough to not be a sprinter. <laughs> right. Right? Because, like, I tell, because I tell in track and field like, world, 10-2 is not fast. Listen, I ran 10.22. That year, I was the 29th best sprinter in the United States. You suck. Fast. In 10.22, you were a very fast decathlete. Like, none of them could throw the shot, though, so we're good. Right. So you're a very fast decathlete, <laughs> but you're not a, a fast sprinter. Right. No, exactly. And so, like, that's kind of, like, I'm a perfect example of what we're talking about, right? If you put me on a track with other decathletes, I look like a 10-0 guy, <laughs> right? If you put me on a football field with other football players, I look like a 9-9 guy. But if you put me on a track with 9-9 guys, I look like a 10-2 guy because that's what I am. And so, you know, not to just like beat the, the general public up because part of this is our own fault. The reason why people think that football players are as fast as track people is because we will never debunk the myth and just do one football thing one time 
Because all we got to do is like, we do, if we just get four or five elite hundred meter guys to run forties, and one of them runs three nine or four flat, then they would understand there are no football players that aren't as fast as elite track guys. There just aren't. There's some fast football players, but not hundred meter specialist guys. I'm going to take a slightly different approach to this. I, I like what you both said, and obviously I agree with it. That this entire premise is stupid. <laughs> it's it's stupid and and i saw the post on social media with the whole drawing these crazy comparisons like it, the whole thing is stupid however i don't believe it is our responsibility as the track and field community to uh put on some shoulder pads and go out there and run some 40s one we don't have anything to prove they do two we don't get paid like they do so i say to hell with all of that I say let them in. I, you know what? We want, we need more viewership anyway. I say go ahead and take Tyreek Hill, take DK Metcalf. Don't put Marquise in there because Marquise has sense. He knows better. Pick three other dudes. Let them come on to Eugene. Give them a pass. Put them in the prelims. Watch them get thrashed in the first round and then send their ass home. Make them walk out the stadium. Like just make them exit. Like, like this is so stupid and it is insulting and it is a thing that we have to hear every single year and you know espn doesn't do it any justice because now they got these little speed trackers in the highlights where they show the dude <laughs> espn two weeks ago told us that daniel jones was faster than lamar jackson like the whole thing is stupid <clears throat> and for me when i'm confronted with you know just outwardly stupid people in my life or outwardly just ridiculous notions, I say, you know what, put them on blast, bring them in, give them a room at the Hilton, let them come on out there and line it up. And listen, I'm not convinced, you know, it, it's so dumb. It, it's, it's really, really, really dumb. And, and you know, we all like football. We're all fans of the sport. Some people are fans of the NFL. Some people aren't. But if you, you, even Tyreek Hill cannot, would not, damn, make a team, he wouldn't make the final. Like, it's ridiculous. So I, I would love to see it. Somebody make it happen. ESPN, make it happen. DK, if you watch the LLC, bring asses to Oregon. We will all stand around and watch. It'll be the best YouTube video ever. But I assure you that that's not a fight that they really, really want. So yeah, I, it, it's just dumb. Stop this. The, the funniest stop. part is, is if they interviewed Tyreek Hill, he would tell all of them, y'all don't want that. Y'all do not want that smoke. You know what he I, knows how fast I, track I, I people Tyreek are. Tyreek Hill believes. I think Tyreek Hill believes he could come to USA's and make and make the final. I think he believes. Bruh, he didn't win the NCAA title in two hundred. Hey, listen, I hear you. We all understand <laughs> this, but I've heard that dude talk before. I've seen his social media. He believes it. <laughs> and, and and the incredible thing is, like, it's just disrespectful for me. That's all. That's all I got. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding on the disrespect tip that you think that you can just take your pads off, come jump in the blocks against people that do this every single day. No, it's just disrespectful. And guys like Tyreek should know better because Tyreek has, you know, been in a situation where he was just a pure track guy. 
right? Yes. And when he was a pure track guy, he wasn't the best guy. In, so in, they, in what conference was that, by the way? In what conference? The Big 12. Big 12. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't win the Big 12. No, no, he did. He you did. sure about that? Yeah, I think so. In the 200? But, but I, yeah, in the 200. Okay. Yeah. But, but, I, but I watched Gino take him apart. Dedrick. <laughs> De oh, my bad. It was Dedrick. It was one of the two monsters you had at that point in time. No, 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 no. Don't, we're not going there. It was Dedrick. Do not digress. It was in the other final. Stop it. <laughs> okay, I, like I said, one of the two monsters you had at the other at that time. Anyway. Roger Goodell, Max, yeah. somebody. Yeah, set it up. Set it up. Yeah. And Bring see, and I, and, I, and I also believe that, that as, as, as Lamar alluded to, if we take certain track guys and really prime them to get after a 40 somebody's gonna run 38 yeah because yeah because i'm not i'm not so sure i have to I have to do some research i'm not so sure gatlin didn't run 39 or something when during his suspension i'm not so oh, sure yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean right off of like you know you know because dallas will sign anybody so he, he probably signed off for the cowboys or something <laughs> somebody, somebody with a bigger brain than me, I'm 100% sure, can take Christian Coleman, one of his world records in the 60, and tell us what he was at at 40 yards. Oh, yeah. oh, look, we, you, we know we are, we are all friends with, with Tim. And Tim, Tim was like laughing about whatever he ran when he ran at Tennessee. He goes like, it's like, just warming up. It's like, no big deal. He's oh, way yeah. That was yeah. the greatest thing about that whole video was anybody in our world who watched it, we all said the same thing. He's playing around. Exactly. Like there was nothing serious about it, that. Whole it was very clear that Tim said, whatever you do, don't hurt yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, Tim, Tim's, a pre, Tim's a pretty smart guy. He's like, yeah, you go ahead and drop 4 1 or so, and then let's, let's, that's enough. Okay. Because I think all of us know that Coleman can run a lot faster than that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, football official. people don't want to hear it, but I'm sure he can, sure he can run under four seconds. Yeah. The official time was 4 1 2. Okay. Right. And then, so here's, because I've never done the math, honestly, so I just did the math. Uh -oh. 40 yards is 36.576 meters. Mm -hmm. So we know that it could be sub four. Yes. We For know. sure. And I, that's in I, practice. I mean, that's, not, <laughs> that's not a competition. That's in practice. I know women on a track that have gone four, six, or better. It's not like the 40 is not a thing. Like mm -hmm. stop. <laughs> and and mind you, look, let, let's let's just be completely honest, right? First of all, that's out of blocks with a gun start. If he could just do a three-point and and it goes when he goes, oh yeah. That's a whole we could run under he could run under four like four times in a row. Like walk back, do it again, walk back, do it again. I could do this all day. Anybody else? Like <laughs> I'll say this, I'll bet you, I'll bet you this four or five long jumpers, elite level long jumpers that can run 4-0 and 4-1. Probably. And, and, and speaking of the long jump, uh, if we're keeping it in the football context, I, I will take Mr. Goodwin in whatever distance foot race Hill wants to have, I'll take Mr. Goodwin. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't in a 200, but in a, but in a 40, for sure. I have a question that might stir the pot and we don't right. have to answer it. Why do you think that he doesn't speak up? Say again? 
Why do you think that he doesn't speak up, Marquise? Marquise? Oh, he like, I mean, he, he, that's the world he lives in. That's the world he eats in. So it doesn't help him to, yeah. you know, to get into that fight. But and he's a long jumper. He's a long jumper. Yeah. Right? But and, if, if, if people that's are, a different world, too. Some people might be loosely aware. Um, it was either last year or the year before. I'm pretty sure it was last year. Down in Florida, they had this random spectacle of indoor 40-yard dashes for, for a million dollars. And a whole bunch of football people showed up. Marquis showed up there like, there's no way that y'all are going to actually take this away from me. It was, it was laughable how easily he won that. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. and again, phenomenal jumper, not a sprinter. Yeah. So, yeah. like, he knows. <laughs> because if I, if I remember the equation, the majority of the world-class long jumpers are 10-1-ish, 10-2 low guys, right? Yep. Yep. Because I think Marquise is like, I think his PB is like 16. Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's like 10, 16. Yeah. That feels right. Yeah. What you got next to this? Is <laughs> well, let's, speaking of fast, speaking of fast, what does the suspension of Christian Coleman do to the men's 100 meter in 100 meter race in terms of the medals and the exposure for the event in Tokyo? Oh, wow. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I'll say the first thing it does is ends its relevance. The 100 meters is now an Olympic event. It's not a marquee event any longer because whoever wins, unfortunately, whoever wins, the conversation is going to be about who's not there. You know, I, I, I had this conversation as a sidebar with, with Lucius, like the day that all this went down. And I said that the sad part about it is that we so over police our sport that who's that, that Christian Coleman not being in the Olympics because of drug uh, 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 suspicion is a bigger story than if anybody ran 968. It just is. Um, the, the sport is couched such that the, the negative story is twice as important as the positive. And, and so the unfortunate part is just to me, just to, to truncate it and keep it simple, what does it do to it? It, it makes the 100 meter final probably more competitive, but way less relevant. My opinion. Okay, so th- that's, that's interesting. And I was going to vehemently disagree with you, but you slipped in that line at the end. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely makes the race more competitive because I think the vast majority of people in the world would say going into it that Christian would have been an overwhelming favorite to win the event. So if, if the marquee event, the men's 100 meter dash, is all of a sudden more competitive, to me, it's more interesting. I'm not going to say it's better, but it is more interesting for that exact conversation that undoubtedly is going to happen. Call it an asterisk, call it whatever you want. You know, people will be on different sides of it, but the conversation will be, oh, wow, so-and-so won the race. Yeah, but he wouldn't have beat, or yes, he would have beat the man that isn't there. So, you know, for me, it's a, it's a bigger story going in because of this, which is now going to hang over that event. 
And from the American perspective, I think it opens the door so wide that we don't really know who's going to try to walk through that. I think that there's a, a decent possibility that you might see some people, you know, consider, you know, focusing on the hundred where they wouldn't have otherwise, you know, just from, just from a pure money perspective, does, does Noah focus more on the hundred now than the two? Cause he's the odds on favorite to win the two, but we all understand the real money is being the hundred meter gold medalist. So like, there's a lot of things that could be changed just, just by his absence. And I think overall it makes it more interesting. What does it do to the credibility of the race? I mean, that, I guess that depends on how fast they run. Right. So I'm going to kind of go all over the place here for a second, but first of all, like no matter what's going on, the, there's always going to be the sidebar conversation. It's always going to be, well, if Christian was here, well, Christian wasn't here. And knowing the U.S. media as we do, there's going to be the side piece where they're going to be asking the question, you know, would it be different if Coleman was here? That kind of thing. Um, I'm of the opinion that the race just got more competitive and supremely more competitive because now there's a bunch of guys who think they can win. Whereas before, as you said, overwhelming, overwhelming favorite. Mr. Coleman, now there's a bunch of guys who think they can win. So therefore, because all those guys come in here with a little bit more testosterone flying through them a little bit, now you'll see probably somebody else get down to the nine sevens. I believe that. Okay. Um, you know, to your point of people changing focus, um, I think that, you know, we've already seen the tweet from Mr. Norman that says 100 with question marks, you know, so now is he talking about running 100? Um, personally, Michael, stay in the four. Stay in your world. Um, but has, has Flamingo inquired about running the hundred? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Please behave yourself, because he might watch this, and now you put some bosses in his head. And if, if he does, I'll call in you and let I will say, "See, you started this mess. Now talk you about it." Hello, um, hello, Paul. Uh, yeah, we have an open lane in the hundred. Uh, would you like Flamingo to run? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and then, and as far as Noah goes, like Noah could care less whether um, Christians in the race or not. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to recruit Noah, and during the recruiting process, Noah sat in my house and told me, "I am going to be the Olympic champion in both events in 2020." So that's always been his goal. It was never a thought that his mind that he was just going to be uh, a 200 meter guy. He's always said that he was going to be be great in both. And I think if you ask Noah and he was honest with you, which we all know Noah will be, he would tell you. But whether Christian Coleman's in the race or not, I'm winning it. So um, I don't think that affects Noah in any way at all. Um, you know, Noah's plan has always been to, to win them both. And knowing his coach, Lance Brahman, as we do, Lance will have him ready. Yeah, he will. So um, I, I, I want to circle back real quick. To, I, I want to solidify my point about what it does to the relevance of the race, unfortunately. You guys remember a long time ago, Chuck, you might not because you're not that old. There was a U.S. 100-meter sprinter that, that missed the final of the 100 because the coach had the wrong schedule. Ray Robinson. Eddie Hart. Eddie Hart and Ray Robinson, they both missed, yeah. Eddie, Eddie Hart and Ray. I just, happened, Ray I just happened to know Ray personally. That's why I called his name. Yeah. I right, not, and it's funny because I, 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 I know it. I know Eddie. 
because he's a, he was a Berkeley guy and, and he's, he was in the Bay Area when I was there. Well, the reason I bring that up is far more people know about the two guys that missed the race than know that Alan Wells is the last white guy to win the 100-meter gold medal. That's, that's true. Because when you started this story, I, I immediately went to say, he's, he's going to he's gonna tell us who won it. I knew it was a white guy, just couldn't remember his name. No. And, 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 the, and the point to it is, is like, Alan Wells ran really fast. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there was no cakewalk that Eddie was going to win or that uh, Ray. that Ray was going to win, right? But the point is, the media is always going to make it about who's not there when somebody's not there. And, and they didn't miss the final. They missed the first round. They, yeah, they missed the, the, the first round. The yeah, first round, yeah. So, so which is which is just which is worse, right? Because right. they, they could have jogged, right? Right. So so let me correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody, um, when the when the official news came out, the the dates that Christian has been uh, expelled for would, in theory, allow him to make next year's world cha- next world championships. He he would be yes. cleared from suspension for the American world championships, right? So in theory, if he can avoid any more uh, madness, then it really sets up the most compelling 100 meters. Maybe that's the race you wanna see right the, there. That's right? the race you wanna see. And, and, and because it's on American soil, mm-hmm. it makes it all like, that's, that's the, the whole thing. So again, uh, you know, we, you know, everybody has different opinions on this whole thing. He's not, he, it's like 98%. He's not going to be there. He still has an appeal with Cass or whatever. Not going to work. He's not going to be there. So for the, what it means for the future of the event, I think that was part of the question, right? Mm-hmm. It sets up an Olympics, which is always the Olympics. Like the Olympics is the Olympics is the Olympics, right? But because of this situation, it sets up maybe the most compelling, most dramatic, biggest spectacle race, and it just so happens that it's going to take place on our soil. So ultimately, in the cathedral, don't don't take that out of there. In the cathedral, in the cathedral, that's right. <laughs> so at like in the end of all of this, like in the really long term, as far as the sport is concerned, this whole thing could be a big, huge gift. So. Well, it, it, and anytime there's a return of a superstar from any situation, injury, suspension, whatever it is, it's always a big deal. And because it's the men's hundred meters, and because it's the guy who everybody thinks is the next guy to run under nine six or you know, under nine seven, and because it's because it's him, you know, because he's he's done a marvelous job of being ready for the big one. Right. So who, so who thinks he's not going to be ready and knowing him as we do, the competitor that he is, the competitor that his coach is, who really believes that dude's not going to be ready to run something retarded in Eugene, which and, is, by the way, the scene of his 982. Uh, absolutely. But <laughs> and you know, you know, what's even what's even more interesting as far as this whole thing for me, it, it's when when Christian, he broke the world record in the 60. And then he stepped out there and he won world championships in Doha, right? But it wasn't just for, for the for the track and field world, it wasn't just that he won the hundred. It was that he beat Justin. Because there is a 
the overwhelming majority of our sport did not want the crown to leave Bolt and land on Justin's head. So Christian went from, thank you, we don't have to watch Justin win. And I'm not on that page. Like, I'm not one of those people. But a lot of people felt like that. Now Christian's the villain. Like, he was set up to be, you know. Now, now he's Justin. Now he's the now villain. Now he's Justin. Yep. Now he's right. Justin. Now he's the villain. But, but now just to, as a side note, remember, Justin wore the crown because Justin dethroned Bolt in seven. I, I understand that. But nobody, you, you know, you know how this is. Yeah. The Europeans didn't want to see that. Right. They, they didn't want that. They wanted no part of that. Like they were right. sick about that. Right. So right. for him to have worn it just that long, everybody was good with that. Everybody was like, yes, yes, yes. We're, we can deal with this one. He's off the table. And now he's going to have to be the villain. It's like LeBron left Cleveland and went to Miami and he was instantly the villain. And he didn't like being the villain. I don't know. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of psychological trauma where everybody was cheering for you. Now a big swath of the world is going to be against him. How he re how he responds to that is going to be interesting to watch. I know Christian pretty well. Christian will revel in that. He will love it. I couldn't agree more. And and I will say this: the one gift, the one gift that that this in the end could possibly give us is this if noah wins the hundred and contests the hundred at world championships in eugene against christian that is the race of you know it's ali the last it's ali frazier because the last time we had that race was when bolt introduced himself to the world in the first olympics the last time we had a race where, where people wanted to watch that much. But and it has to happen guy, that way. And there's a guy who I think is a is a sleeper in this situation that people don't talk about him much. If this guy stays healthy and his training from what I hear is going really well, Ronnie Baker's a problem, guys. Well, Ronnie listen, Baker's we've we've all been waiting for Ronnie Baker to be a problem. Yeah. No, like, he's a problem. We he, want he Ronnie Baker to show up and be a problem. Yes, we do. Because now there is a three-headed, there's a three-headed nine-seven problem in the USA. Yes. But, but the funny and part then, is, and if we don't run thirty-five seconds in the four by four, four oh by one, God, and, yes. then, then it's going to be a problem, right? Well, <laughs> the funny part let's is, let's not is open that, that can today. <laughs> Let, let's not do that. Is, no, let's let's not is because it, you you've been going off on that lately. I, I noticed that is in the in this in the social media world. <laughs> You've been lighting people up about this relay lately, so I ain't gonna get you started on that tonight. So. <laughs> I guess to me, the funny part is, is that if it's better for the sport, unfortunately, if Noah wins than if Ronnie does. Oh yeah, it is. It's a better. It's a better story. It's, it's just a better because it's a better story the following year because no, like when I say nobody, obviously I don't mean any of us. I don't. I don't mean any track people. We all know who Ronnie Baker is, but nobody else does. See, for, and for me, see, I think it's only a bigger story if Noah wins them both. Sure. Then it's a bigger story. But if, if no matter who wins, even if it's somebody outside of those two, no matter who wins, they're coming to the U.S. You're coming to Christian's backyard. You're coming to Noah's backyard. No matter who wins the 100 in Tokyo, that 100 meters in Eugene is a huge story. Yeah. You know, and, that, and, that, and that's something that Clyde talks about all the time, capturing the moment. You know, from the moment the fin they cross the finish line, 
in Tokyo, within minutes, somebody needs to start tell, talking about that and stirring that pot. Because that's yeah. one that, that, that's going to be one of those Dan and Dave deals. You just got to get everybody there. Now, nothing, you know, nothing on the Dave deal, but you get, everybody's got to get there. <laughs> not, not, just let it go. Just let it go. Move to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I wasn't, I didn't mean it that way. Get to the next one. <laughs> I literally was like, Gonna let you see if this one blossoms. Oh, okay. Lamar, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't. We good? See, we you good. know, Clyde is. See, Clyde, you're wrong for that. That's no, I'm not. Because I saw his face. No, I'm not. <laughs> but, but, I'm but, sorry. But that's what it is, right? That's, you, that's you're what it absolutely is. right. That's what, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. So I apologize, Too Lamar. Too soon. I was a horrible for, example. For Hor horrible analogy. I'm sorry. Hey, no, but it, you did, it, it didn't affect me. We good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 I, I was the footnote to that story. Like right after he no hided, because I, I had two misses also on the other pit. Right after he no hided, I told my coach, "There's no way on this planet I'm doing that." <laughs> so he inspired you not to do that, right? Oh yeah, I, I I was not having the world fall in on me. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Because the funny part is, like, I was so new to the sport, right? That's what I thought happened to you if you know how to. Like, I didn't even, it wasn't even, you, like, I didn't, I was so young in the sport, I couldn't even put the whole Dan and Dave thing together. So I thought that's what happened when you know how it. Like, the media came from everywhere, you know what I mean? And, like, the world ended. So I was like, yeah, that's not happening to me, ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's, let's take uh, Lamar out of this. Nightmare and uh, <laughs> we'll move it's on. Not Lamar's nightmare. It is. You're right. Hey, look, hey, look, just get for there. the record, that's your people, not me, getting on you. I am not in this. We're, we're good. Yeah. Oh, I know you are. I'm not. <laughs> okay. And this, you got so, you who's chiming in too. See, I, I know. know. <laughs> Gotta take my shots when I can. So, As, absolutely. You're very, you're very good at that, by the way. Just for the record. <laughs> As long as it's followed up, with a, followed up with a smile, I'm good. Yes, there you go. <laughs> All right. So off topic, but still a good one. Is the regional system better for the little guys or is it for the traditional powers to be powers? Um, I, I'll, I'll go first on that one. As, as just recently, have I ceased to, to be working at what would be considered a little guy? And, and I've said this the entire time through every um, evolution of the regional system, it's necessary for the little guy. It's the only righteous path that the little guy has to get in there, show that they belong and compete for their spot. Like the, the powers that be, the big money programs who, you know, pre-COVID can identify the races they want to run in, split their teams, spend money, isolate, do whatever they need to do to get their marks in. Oftentimes, like the little guy needs that one shot to, to advance. And I've seen it happen too many times. And I've seen too many kids walk into a regional meet you know, number 35 plus and emerge in the top 12. And without that system, they never get a shot. Without that system, a whole bunch of kids who made all Americans would never have gotten the opportunity to do that. So I will always be a fan of that system. 
each time we change it, it seems to get better. So if there's a new tweak to it, you know, we'll see. But the, the system is, is there to give the little people a chance to go show what they can do. And I love it. The Godfather no, saying no tweak. No, look, no tweak. All the other stuff is fine. The tweaking stuff, no, stop it. Let's not no act like people ain't trying to tweak it, sir. Okay, look, but don't you encourage them to tweak it, sir? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You all, you all here talking about. So somebody said, "Hey, Clyde said tweak it." So let me start making low. Leave the tweaking stuff alone. <laughs> uh, okay. Lamar, Lamar, have at it, sir. Would you like me to go next? Would you like to be the anchor man on this one? Uh, that is. That's you're the coach. You know, I just do what you tell me to do, sir. <laughs> so anyway, so okay, so I, let me let me just let me address a couple of things here. Like, one is I disagree with you that people, a lot of people, I'm not saying some don't, but very few people split their teams outdoors. That happens a lot indoors. It does, but outdoors, not many people are splitting their teams to give regional marks. That doesn't happen that much. Um, I do agree that that is definitely a path for the little guy. But I also think it's a fail safe in a lot of places for the bigger schools as well. Okay. Because that's something like there's a lot of bigger schools that have that same opportunity that you talk about of bringing somebody in that's, you know, 24th or so and getting them in the top 12. Right. So I think that it helps both the little guy and the big guy in that arena. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, I don't, maybe I don't pay close enough attention to this, but I don't think that, on a yearly basis, there's always a few um, of the, 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 the feel good story of the guy or the girl that comes in at 35th or whatever and, and gets in there. But I would say that there's, again, there's just as many of those stories from the big schools as there are from the little schools. You know, I, I don't think that there's as many of those stories. I do think that if we're talking about it from a financial standpoint, um, I'm not necessarily agreeing with the whole splitting of the teams deal. You know, I don't, I don't think that happens as much, but I do agree with you that the opportunities, like usually the facilities that the bigger power five, autonomy fives or the group of five schools have run in, in better facilities at their conference championships, right? Which is where most of the marks come from. So I will totally agree with that. Um, but I, I think that, you know, that this helps both sides a little more than people realize. You know, I, I can totally tell you that my team has benefited from you know, a guy that's a little dinged up, you know, that I can bring along slowly because I can look and say, look, let's just run 46-3 because you're going to get to the regional if you get, we run 46-3 before then we'll be fine. We just got to be ready to run 45 high by the regional and then we can get down where we need to be for, like, you know, I take Tony McQuay for instance. You know, people don't remember probably, but in 2012, Tony didn't run a 400 until the conference week, you know, and then he, he ran 45 high, and then he ran 45 high, and then he went to the national, he ran 44. But out the regional system, he probably never, I run out of time. Let's put it that way. And, 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 I, and I don't disagree with any of that. Let me be clear. Of mm -hmm. course, it helps both sides. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, to, to sum it up, line up and run. And that's why I love that system, because you have to earn your seat at the dance. Yeah, and, and, and that's and that's not the conversation here. You know, we we all like it because of that. You know, the, the I think the question is just like which side do you think it helps the most? I think it gives the smaller schools a a path to get there that they wouldn't have. 
you know, because because I think that if you open, I think because it's not like indoors and you're only trying to be a top 48 guy on your side of the country, it doesn't put people in that panic of trying to get in the top 16 overall. You know, like you see people doing stuff like the weekend before their conference meet going to run a four by four on an oversized track to make sure they get into the national league. That doesn't happen outdoors, you know? So I don't, I don't think that side of the argument holds water for me, but I do agree that if it was a descending order list outdoors, now it becomes a definite disadvantage to the smaller schools because then that's when all the traveling stuff would happen, you know? But, I, but, I, but like I said, I think that if you went and looked at it every year, there's just as many feel good stories about the people that were 35th and all that stuff moving into the top 12 from the big schools there to small schools. There's just as many on both sure. sides. Uh, I, I accept that. Yeah. yeah. But I, look, I, I agree. I said that from, from the, when they put the meet in, I'm like, I'm good with this because we know how to compete. If you know how to compete, you can get, you can get top 12 somehow. So fight to 270. What you got for us, brother? Uh, so I, you know, look, I, I, I feel like this. I feel like for the most part, and I'm sure that I'm off by one or two from year to year, but I feel like for the most part, the really talented kid at the small school was going to find a way to get in. I'm, I'm old enough to have been in the last generation of descending order list only and the first generation of the first iteration of some level of regional. And the, I mean, descending order list, excuse me. And the, the descending order, well, before the descending order list, that was just flat out brutal. But, but when there, but the descending order list, I always felt like other than a few people that juke the system, it was okay. It definitely, that definitely uh, created way more obstacles for the small school than the big. But if the question, which it is, is which does the regional system help more? As much as I'm glad that the little guy from time to time gets in and has a path and gets to take down a big guy. I love that. I'm a, I'm a fan of that story, right? I was a fan of your Alabama State 4 by one and you know this. So like, I'm a fan of that, right? But I firmly believe that what it does more so than anything, and I think who it helps more is the biggest and best programs because it gives them a pathway to the national meet. Like it, it then makes it such that we only got to be at this level to make sure that we're in the meet. And then we can build our season properly. We can do more training than we do competing. And then when we get to where it really matters, we get to the regional meet, like I got to beat half these dudes and then beat half them dudes. And I'm in the meet, right? You're 48 to 24, 24 to 12. Like, okay. Right. I can do that. If you're talking about one of the best guys in the country, like, you know, one of the best women in the country, like you're still not talking about maximal efforts to get to the national meet in some cases. It's difficult, no question. But I think the bigger, better schools who have the greater resources, they can do more with the regional the regional concept and they get more people to the national meet. I mean, every year, you, when, whenever they have the, the list of teams, you know, of, of, of teams and number of participants at the, nas- the final site, it's like Oregon 56, Florida 49. Uh, you know what I mean? It's always big school, LSU. And so, like, 
as much as I'm a, I'm appreciative of the li- the the little guys and the little and the little ladies that get there and 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 occasionally knock one off. The truth is, when you get to the final site, it's Power Five Central. There's way more Power Five kids at the national meet at the final site than there would be in the descending order list, to be honest. And so it so just on a you know holistic amount, you know, like number of people at the meet, I think it helps the big schools the most. I mean, I appreciate the stories. I really do. I, look, I, I'm a fan of, of those who are not given everything, who show up, knock people in the mouth and take stuff. I am a huge fan of that narrative. But in most cases, the major schools, like they got they got their whole relay there, all the alternates and everything else in events, <laughs> because they 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 would be, but they would be there anyway. No, not in descending order list. No chance. I don't I, think you remember how cutthroat and crazy that descending order list situation was. I, I ran in it. I, I ran <laughs> in the last year of the list and the first year of the region. I ran in that. I was running. <laughs> I remember. And I remember so I the just, shenanigans that used to go on too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's now look, the first iteration, we'll all agree, and we're just, I'm going to say this and we're going to move on. The first iteration of the regional system was a complete and utter debacle because oh, right. you could never. They, many, they, they didn't get the map right. Yeah, they had too, too many regions, and, and you can't, you can't the make the same number was... of pole vaulters in, in the East as you can in the West. Just like but you can't big, make the same number of sprinters in the East as you can in the West. So just the big, the big, the big problem with that situation was all the all the fail safes. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Or the fact that you could run and then decide you weren't going to run nationals and somebody gets moved up. All that stuff. You know, that, that yeah, just, all, all of that. It was just that that just was not very well thought out at all. I, I think I, I would be that. a fan, uh, like, and, and I know we're not going to really talk about tweaking, but I just I just think 48 <laughs> too big of a number. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> And well, then we, we, then we can that, move on. We did that topic before. We did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. We did. Run, it, run it back. Watch, watch episode 12. Yeah, we, yeah you're right. We, 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 we fixed yeah. the regional system already. So let's move on. Yeah, we did. So, so I, I, my, the last thing I want to say about it is this, is that I think that, you know, being at the meet and hearing the screeching from the stands or from the track when the little guy makes it, you know, the excitement of the people that did that, you know, that that's, that's hard to, to, to downplay, you know? And so the people that have that opportunity and take advantage of it, I think it's wonderful. I do. It's magic. Yeah. But I also agree with, with Lamar that, you know, and because it's been beneficial to my program that it is very helpful to the big school, because again, I'm not like under, under the descending order list, you have to plan for a big mark somewhere hopefully even before your conference championships, right? Because you never know what's going to happen at conference. But with this system, just simply saying to yourself, I just want to be in the top 48. And then I just want to be in the top 12. And then I'm going to get it done. Now, if you're of that mindset. I'm, I'm going to throw one last thing in there. And I think Lamar will agree with me on this. This is one of those moments, respectfully, where oh, Lucius gets to sit on the mountain and have <laughs> and have a and have a skewed perspective because to your credit, sir, you know, nine times out of ten, the people in your jersey 
know how to compete, show up ready to compete. There's a whole lot of big boys and big girls that find a way that that pressure of performing when they have to manages to bust a lot of pipes. And so for that rec for that reason is another reason why, I don't know if it helps or it hurts, but it defines who knows how to compete. And when you're at the regional meet, the name on your jersey doesn't can't save you. You either know how to line up and get it done in that moment or you don't. Now, yours usually do, great. But there's but, some, but, but but you would agree that having Florida on your chest doesn't guarantee you're gonna get it done, right? Not a damn thing. Thank you, appreciate not it. Because, because because I, I'm still trying to figure out what sitting on said mountain has to do with anything here. Well, you well, what I'm saying <laughs> is you get to sit up there and look down and be like, oh, that's cute. They wasn't ready to compete. Oh, that's cute. They are they ain't never ready to compete. Like there's some trends. I know in see, power five so, that let, let, let me be up. clear, and Lamar will definitely agree with me on this because we've had this discussion. I walk out of that meet, and I sometimes I don't know who else qualified other than what, what we did. So I'm not paying attention to what they did. True or false? Yeah. True I mean false. that. Unfortunately for you, that is 100% true. But I think that solidifies Clyde's point. No, but no, it doesn't because he says I'm looking at other people, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But like okay. at the end of the day, I think what Clyde's trying to say is, look, you can teach your kids to compete, and you don't. Yeah, recruit no, one... no, no, look. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, like, look, you I'm don't not... recruit one kid to your team that is not expected to be in the top 48 in one half of the country. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. But, like, there's not a kid that you were. If a kid on your team doesn't make the regional meet and they're completely healthy, you're probably going to cut them. They don't no, 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 no. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. See, now we're going to stop that. Ah. Okay. I don't cut people. What are you talking about? Okay. You know what? You're much nicer than me. How about this? I'll say it. I'll be the, I'll be the a-hole. If I was at that school and I had a kid that was healthy all year and they couldn't manage to be in the top 48 in half the country, you do not belong at my school. Okay. So let, let me say this. <laughs> Right. To be fair, I don't cut people, so stop saying that. <laughs> I just said that. I backed off and said, "Okay, I'll back, be go back, go back that way up," because I don't. Do it was that. metaphorical. Yeah, was very. Metaphorical. Yeah. I okay. You are Clyde. You're nice, not. Clyde, you're a very nice you're individual. Not, you would Clyde, not cut anyone. See, Clyde is not. You're Clyde. You're terrible. That was all. Hey, look at this. See that, that dunk? That was a Clyde. <laughs> that was, I just, exactly. I just, ah. That was awful, Clyde. But so to oh, your man. point, I think that any program out there that's trying to be successful, um, if your goal is to only be in the top 48 in your half of the country, then that's my first problem, right? Because there's like there's, there's no point in time my talking to any of my athletes about we gotta make the regional meet. That's just that's not a thing, you know. And so the exactly. the goal is you know, there, there's you know, there's bigger fish to fry here. And that's has nothing to do with me sitting on top of a mountain. That's just a mindset. Okay. So, and so I don't know this, this whole mountain thing is just about once every three weeks, he throws that at me. And I don't know why, but I, I want you to remember, I want you to remember, <laughs> I was once down there in that valley you're talking about though. Absolutely. But, but that's it's, why it's, you just, should enjoy the perch. But see, but Wait, it's just can, like, can I, can it's, I it's, debunk it's, something real fast? Yes. I, listen, I love you and you know that I do. Be careful because I'm going to light you up on this one. I'm gonna light you, you are up. my brother. Go ahead. What valley is it that you speak of, sir? You look, yeah. you weren't so, even so, you weren't so, even a bad high school coach. 
let me tell you something like this. Okay, let me give you a little bit. If you like to say revisionist history, right? In 2006 or seven, we were 51st in the country outdoors. That's yes, you were. below the valley. Yes. And, and you know what? That is below the valley for someone who has been where you've been. What I'm telling you, and okay, this wait, is hold, how hold far- a second. But you can't, you can't tell me I wasn't in the valley because we were the valley that year. No, you <laughs> yeah. just had a bad year. <laughs> we had a horrible year. And, yes. and as you know, like, as you, like I, I, I was so mad, I, I wouldn't even leave the stadium. I'm like, this just can't happen again. And this is just not, it's not, it's not, it's not who I am. (laughs) He's like, you know, he's like, you, you know, you can't sit here all day. I'm like, well, I need a few more minutes. (laughs) This this is enough. But I, I, look, I appreciate, you know, the, the praise. And I appreciate the fact that you noticed that, you know, that's not who we are. But at the end of the day, we're talking about the little guy, big guy thing. And I think it's a mindset, no matter where you are. If you come into that meeting, you're happy to be there, right? Okay, because I remember talking to Clyde the year this four by one, and he, I remember standing there and him telling his guys, the day before the meet started, we're not here to watch, we're here to participate, we're making it to nationals, right? He said, if y'all ain't come here to compete, we'll put you back on the bus, send you back to where, Montgomery or wherever it is, I'm sorry. I said it much more colorful. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to put all your trade secrets out there, right? <laughs> but I stood there and heard that, and they went out there and they had the because clearly you had defined that before you got there, that we're not trying to get to regionals, we're trying to get to the show, and that's the problem. People try to get to regionals, but because you came in there, and you know, I'm sure I didn't hear you say this. But I'm sure you told them stop looking at the names on the uniforms and just run. You know? Oh, yeah, we had we had a whole conversation about yeah. that. <laughs> Knowing you as I do. <laughs> so, so thank you, Mr. Lamar. But yes, I have been in the valley before. Thank you very much. No, you you, you saw you saw the valley once. Con- con- no, no, see, okay. So <laughs> when I first got to Florida, were we on the mountaintop already? Thank I took, look, look, I've taken my beat, brother. <laughs> you did. Look, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, world. I'm sorry, world. No, Lucius no, no. You have to be sorry actually, hey, he's actually hey. taken a beating or two. Exactly. We all have, you know. Beating, I, beatings I, make you tougher, right? I, for sure. Taking an L every now and then is good for your soul. Trust me. Hey, failure is a huge part of success. Every now and then is the caveat. <laughs> he said, sprinkle it in. Just exactly. sprinkle a little bit. I'll be too much of that mess around <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, let's sprinkle a little bit of this testing in and talk about that. Uh, whereabouts testing? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it flawed? Um, or are the athletes like Christian Coleman and Nasser trying to skirt the system? So, so as a point of clarification, because I think this is important for, for all of our viewership, um, I'm going to guess, Clyde, that you're probably best versed on this. Can you run through real quick, like, the the bare bones of what whereabouts testing is? Because I think most people watching the show don't know. They don't know the parameters of it. Jesus. All right. <clears throat> Bottom line, once you have reached a certain status in our sport, you are going to be subjected 
to random testing by the governing, you know, in our case by USADA, in some cases by WADA and AIU. The bottom line is this, <clears throat> it's random in the sense that you don't know on which day they are coming, but it's not random in the sense that they can show up whenever the hell they want to. You set the appointment time. It is up to the athlete to say, I'm gonna be home every day from this hour to this hour to one hour, and I'm going to be at my training location from these hours. No different than we know where our kids are supposed to be in class when, and when they're not. You set the window. So if I set the window for Lamar to come and get my blood sample or my urine sample, and I'm not there, that's my fault. It can't possibly be anybody else's. And that's basically, that's the basic premise of how it works. And since these stories have been popping up, that's the basic part that I feel like a lot of people don't seem to understand. The athletes set the time frame. That's it. <laughs> and so, so like when you fill out the form, you have to guarantee that you're going to be at your home for one hour window and you have to guarantee that you're going to be at a training facility for what a two hour window uh well whatever your training window is right so you know they have the right to to pop up at the track and and you know demand that you that you pee or that you're, that you're giving blood that day or they have the right to show up at, at your house and so you know like most people like when I, when i've had world-class athletes that i've been involved with as a coach i've, I've always told all of them you're need, you're gonna set your window at 6 a.m yeah, yeah, you might, I got it. You might get woke up every now and then. You might be a little irritated because your doorbell rang at 6 a.m., but 90% of the time, you're going to be home at 6 a.m. And here's the crazy thing. From the American perspective, there's an app. If you're somehow so there, all you got to do is send a text in advance. All you got to do is change the time in advance. Like, the system is, on from the American perspective, the system is set up so much in favor of the athletes. All you have to do is be a professional and you're not gonna really have any issues. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for the people who get themselves caught up in these situations because at the end of the day, as we talked about in the past, it's unprofessional. Now, Nasser came up, missed, missed a handful of tests, got her thing, she fought her, she won her appeal, they gave her the pass. They gave her the exact same pass that they gave to Coleman the first time he screwed this up. That's another thing that people keep forgetting. This is the second time that this issue has popped up in a very short time period. So the fact that like people's, oh, they're, they're picking on this person, they're, they're not, they're really not. Like, just be a professional, show up. And since I'm already speaking, since uh, Lamar threw the thing, I'll answer the question. Could the system be improved? I imagine it could be. I think any system can be improved. But I really struggle to figure out how it could be improved or what about it needs to be improved. You have to test these athletes. It has to be somewhat 
you know, unknown when the people are coming or, or oops, it's too easy to beat. Like, what are you really being asked to do? Be where you said you were going to be, not where Chu said you had to be, where you said you were going to be. Be where you say you're going to be for an hour. It isn't really that hard. And so, you know, if I'm an athlete and I set my, and I set my hour on, on, a, on a day where I'd probably like to be out on a date or something, well, that, that's not smart. Like, I'm going to set it at 5 a.m., at 6 a.m. And, and, and here's something else that, that a lot of people don't realize. The testers themselves, it's not like there's a, it's not like there's a, 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 a testing committee in every city of America. These people are regional. So like, if you live, when I lived in Montgomery, Alabama, and I had a handful of, of professional athletes, like the, the people that would come to test my athletes are in the Southeast region. They live in Atlanta, Georgia. So they're coming in a vehicle two and a half hours to show up at the door when my athletes said they were going to be and they test everybody in the region. So it's not like this stuff is easy to pull off. It's not like this stuff happens every day. The higher profile you are, are you going to be tested more? Yeah. Should you be? Yeah. That's kind of the way it works. If you run 10, six and a hundred, no one wants to test you. you run nine, six, <laughs> You're taking the bad stuff. Everybody might want to know what's, what's popping. It's part of the game. And if you're making millions of dollars or high six figures, I think you could be at home. That's just me. No, I, I, I very well said. And like the, the whole issue here for me is, is like, so let, let's just address the skirting the, the, the system issue. Like, I, I know you never want to put words in somebody's mouth. You never want to accuse anybody of anything because you don't know, unless you have facts. But sometimes perception becomes reality. And the perception here is, is that when you miss multiple tests and you miss, you know, like as, as Clive so eloquently said, you said you were going to be here. There's an app that allows you to change if you're not going to be there. So that, that just leads to the suspicion of the whole thing, right? And so just be where you're supposed to be. I, I don't think the system's flawed. I don't think anybody's being picked on. I think like this is something that like, we've all heard the stories of the testers are coming, get up the hill. The testers are coming, you know, run to the hospital, you know, to get, to get on the dialysis machine and all that stuff. We've all heard those crazy stories. So when you become big in this sport, You've heard people before you say, I get tested two, three times a week sometimes, okay? So, and if you have nothing to hide, then show up and take your test. And then now you don't have this cloud over your wonderful career. Because we have two of the biggest names in the sport now who the speculation for the rest of their careers is gonna be, I wonder what they're doing. Like, why can't they show up and take their tests? Yeah? And that's a problem. And that's, that's a problem in our sport. It takes who we are. It taints people's ability to think that you can, you know, that the coach can coach, the athlete can run and do things the right way. You know, so I'm all in it with Clyde. You know, you know where you said you were going to be. And if you change your schedule, change your schedule and your whereabouts, be professional about it. Because you're one of the best people in the world. They're going to show up and test you randomly. You know that. So make yourself available. And then you can keep making all your money. But now, because you didn't show up for your test, your money gets stopped for a while. Yeah. So uh, I'll say this. I, I could not possibly add 
within that same realm to what you two just said. I think that at the end of the day, you got to be an adult in the room and be a grown up. And, and if you want to be a professional, be paid like a professional, you have to do your professional responsibilities. But I wanted, I, I do want to, I want to go one step further. My issue uh, is twofold. One, I have a problem with us punishing, we mix, we mix people that can't figure out how to be someplace on time with people that test positive, right? Because they all end up getting uh, blended together. And so my issue then is we punish the sport more than we punish the athlete. Like Christian is punished for sure, but the sport of track and field took a way bigger hit than he did. And so my thing is, how do I, in my head, I'm like, okay, I can't be one of those people complain about stuff without trying to fix it. So one day on one of my walks, this idea pops in my head. And I said, to Lu I called Lucius on the phone. I said, what do you think of this? And so this is my thought. The way to continue to police the sport properly, but not take the sport down is if you want to keep missing tests, that's perfectly fine. But if you miss a test, you can't run at any meet until you pass two tests. You want to keep missing tests? Your, your season won't start till June. If you want to miss a test the week before the trials, somehow you better figure out how to get tested between now and the trials twice or you're going to miss the trials. At the end of the day, it's going to police you and make you have to be an adult and be where you're supposed to be. But you know what? That won't be a story on ESPN. You not running in this meet or you not running in that meet won't be the story because you won't be suspended for two years. I'm not saying it fixes it, but I do think that we do have, we do need to somehow address how we police the sports and keep it clean without risking this, the entire sports reputation based on any one or two athletes. But okay, I, I hear you and I, and I heard you that day. But what I'm gonna say to you is what you just did made it worse. Yeah. Because, now, because, because what you now, okay, because look, we've all heard the, the stories about the masking agents and all that stuff, right? So if I miss on Tuesday, I'm going to tell you, okay, now I'm going to tell you when I'm going to show up and get tested. So if I'm doing something wrong, I can go back and mask it and then I not get away with it. Yeah. No, 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 you, no, 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 that, see that you're missing my point. That's the whole point, right? We don't know what, we don't know when you get tested. They're random, right? If you miss one, you can't run again till you pass the next two random. Random ones. You don't get to you didn't say you, you didn't say random though. Uh, you're right. You're right. I didn't. I didn't completely clarify. Hey, look, hey, That's look, my you're, point. Hey, you're a cow guy. I, you got to do better than that. Fair Ooh. enough. Ooh. The reason I like my system is because the ambiguity of not knowing when the next two tests would scare the crap out of me to never miss one of mine. Because then, then, then you I'm, have I'm, no control over your own schedule. Okay, now that's a whole different scenario. Yeah, now that, you, that, just, that, you just changed the whole original because, way. Because it's, I can tell you right I, now, Clyde's eyes were rolling in his head like, that ain't working. We were inviting problems. I didn't explain it all the way thoroughly, but but no. now do you see what I'm saying? Oh, no, but yeah, I do now. It, it's, a, it's an interesting idea yeah. now that it's clarified. I, I'm not necessarily yeah. against it. I, I go even harsher. I'd say three, but but here's my thing. What, whatever the tweaking is, because I, I agree with you that it is wrong as a principle to, to lump the people who have not tested positive 
in the boat with the people that have, but there's no official, like the system doesn't actually do that. That's about us. That's the way we internalize things. That's our psyche and people who write articles. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's human nature. You didn't, you, you failed to do something you were supposed to do. There must be a reason for it. What's the reason? Like that's, that's human nature. We do that. My thing is, and I've said this forever, I'm a, I'm a super hardcore person when it comes to this sport and these issues. I don't care if people in the NFL are taking PEDs. It's a gladiator sport. I assume they all are anyway. I don't care. Maybe I should care. I just don't. In this sport, I do care. And my thing is this. Until you start hitting people in their pockets, that's the only shot you really, really have to get this thing the way it should be. Like to me, you can keep you, you don't have to go away for two years. You, in this exact scenario, if, if, the, if the issue was Sawa or, or Christian didn't get a two year ban, instead they had to pay $2 million. I bet you he'd be where he need to be. Like if, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the penalty was financial, since, you know, short of Bolt, most most people in this business don't make life changing money like that, right? If the if the problem is hit you in the pocket somehow, I think you have a lot less of this of these type of drama. And I mean, from you know, that that's always been my way. I don't know how I would do it, but I don't have any problem with the way testing is conducted at all. I don't have a problem with it. I I, I don't, be, and that's because I can't see any better way to do it because you can't let them it has to be random it has to be a surprise and and let's be real we all understand even with the way it's set up there's people that know how to there's people that get away with beating the system there's absolutely people that do that less today than used to be in my opinion but it does happen so uh, unless we come up with a way to you know to really do that I, i say hit them i say hit them in the pocketbook See, and I'm gonna just go up to this, okay? You know, we, you know, this is a rules-based society. You know, there's rules. You have to follow them. And I'm, I'm okay if you miss one. We're human. We make mistakes. Yeah, three. And you notified the first two times, and you know if you do it again, you're gonna, you know what's gonna happen. So the arrogance of I'm gonna do it again. Right, and I'm not trying to pick, pick on Christian. He missed six. <laughs> right? Okay, six. So, well, oh, let's no, let's, let's give him a pass. No, right. It's not like okay, it's not like you didn't know what was going to happen if you didn't follow the rules. Right, you knew what was going to happen, but yet you continue to do so. So, whether it was arrogance, whether it was was it ego, whether it was him just being lazy, whatever it was, if he truly missed the, the six tests then he has to take his punishment like a man and move on. It's just it's that simple. And I get this thing that, okay, we don't want to punish them at the same level. We punish the guy that, admit, that, admit, that, that, that failed the test, but you know the rules, okay? Right. And the rules and, are the rules. And, and my, my I, just don't want to, I just don't want to take the sport down. Like, like yeah, I don't you know, have you know, an issue you with know the what, punishment. Lamar, and I hear you, but the problem with taking the sport down lies with the guy in the sport. Yeah. Okay. The people in the sport have to care enough about it because we're not having this conversation if those two people are responsible. 
If they show up and take their test and pass it, guess what? We got to find another topic tonight. And, and and the crazy thing, because a lot of a lot of people, some some in the sport, some a lot of layman's make that point that that Lamar has made. It's a stand on the sport. Why so harsh? Blah blah blah. My thing is like this. To this day, Lance Armstrong still ain't failed a drug test. Marion Jones still ain't failed a drug test. So again, people, it's like they don't, it's like they read the headline, they don't read the story, right? We all watched Christian win the hundred meters in Doha and we were blown away by it. Most of us stood up and applauded it. People forget that he actually wasn't supposed to be there. He got a pass on the first set of violations to be there in the first place. And then after all of that, he missed them again. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I just, the sport will move on without you. That's the one thing that, that, that is for sure. Like, when, <laughs> when both retired, everybody's like, what's going to happen? Got to tell you. They're going to fire the gun again the next track meet. That's what's going to happen. Right. The, the, the sport's going to move on without you. I, I've never really been on the path, uh, on the page of when, when person X gets busted for whatever, that the sport gets taken down. I mean, last I checked, the races were still fire with or without you. And so. see, and being in the sport, okay, athlete misses a test. USA Track and Field notices the athlete and the agent. The and agent the then know, that lets me know, and guess what? Then we have a sit-down meeting, and we go through, this is how you do this, and you do it properly so you don't ever miss a test again. Yeah. And so we educate. And we make sure that doesn't happen. Because, like, look, you're going to miss one. Like, I shouldn't say you're going to, but lot, that happens a lot. Missing one is not uncommon. Hence we're why talking about three in one case and six in another. And, that, and that's where the problem lies here. So, And I, I get the, the stain on the sport. It sickens me that it, this happens and we get picked on because of it. But at the end of the day, it's, our, it's our, because of our own doing. You know, we do this to ourselves because if the athletes would show up and do what they're supposed to do, like I said, we don't have the we don't have this topic to talk about tonight. If those two show up and take their test. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. We, we we're talking about people not being adults. Like I, I like, let's be clear. I'm on the same page as the two of you. I'm just trying to figure out how bet how best to punish the I want to punish at the athlete level, not the sport level. That's I'm just trying to figure out how to do that. Listen, it was an interesting idea. Re, when it was explained, it's an interesting idea. It is. You know, I, I don't have any to contribute to. Neither do I. <laughs> I, I. I have asked myself this question. So you're doing better than both of us on yes. the new solution side. So right. bravo for some original thought. But yeah, I, I got nothing other than hit people with it. <laughs> Because you and I have had that discussion a lot. And, and, and yeah. I draw a blank every time. I'm like, dude, I, I'll not fix that one. I dude. mean, I, I went through every iteration of drug testing they have. Mm -hmm. I, and, and, you know, to Clyde's point, once you, got to the, once you get to the top 15 in the world, you, you might as well, like, know your drug testers like they're in your family. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been tested four times in a week. I understand. I get it. It's it's annoying, but I mean, there's an annoying part to everybody's job. Am I wrong? Absolutely. So, so at the end of the day, like, I mean, if this is your job, 
you got to you, you, you got to be willing to accept the one annoying part of your job, especially um, when you're making over a million dollars a year. In, in, a, mean, in, in a totally yeah. different in a totally different and much smaller example, I'll, I'll offer this to to Lamar's point about everybody got annoying parts of their job. When I was a college athlete, I wasn't always uh, wasn't always in agreement with my coaching staff on things. Okay. <laughs> and in one incident, somebody thought that it was a good idea. They, they didn't believe, like most people know me, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. Most people don't believe that about me. And especially in college, given my social behavior, a lot of people didn't believe that. <laughs> so one time, somebody thought it was a good idea. Like, you know what? I know how to, I know how to handle this situation. He hasn't actually done anything. So I'm going, I'm, we're going to get him popped for, for drug testing. I had to report for drug testing twice a week in college for a month and a half at 5.30 in the morning. Please believe if I would have missed one, that was going to be a positive. Please believe if I would have came up dirty for you know, some street drugs or something, that was going to be my ass. Luckily, my thing was like, oh, this is funny. I ain't got no problem getting up early. And <laughs> y'all damn sure are not going to catch me dirty because I don't do these things. So we'll, we'll play this charade as long as y'all want to play it. You know what? Eventually they got bored. Now, I'm not top 15 in the world. They're never going to get bored with you as long as you're running fast. But that's a no. part of the game. You have to do it. Like, you can whine, you can cry, you can bitch, you can complain. But it's your career, it's your reputation, it's your money on the line. So shut up and do it. Or don't. And go do something else. <laughs> that's it. Well said. Well said. And, the, and, and as my dad used to always tell me, do not come in this house complaining about your job. Either shut up and do your job or go find one that you like better. But do mm -hmm. not come in this house complaining to me about what, what happened at work because I don't want to hear it. He said, because you ain't going to be complaining on Friday when you pick up that paycheck. <laughs> right. Yep. Jake. Ooh-wee. Ooh yeah. Man. See, when, when we get dad's advice, that, that's the showstopper. Yep. <laughs> that's the, yep, you're right. You Jake right. has spoken. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that rounded out our questions for the week. Um, but no fear, rapid fire is here. So, Mr. Lucius, warm. <laughs> Look, it's so zen today. <laughs> Bring it. All right. So, these are getting really hard because now, like, I really have to think about these. Not that I didn't before, but now I have to really because I, I, I got the good ones. So now okay. I'm trying to figure out how I can stunk you. So, all right. You ready? Did wifey like her birthday gift? Oh, she liked it. Like, yes. Okay. She loved We're, it. Good. She loved it. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Um, Happy birthday, Angela, by the way. Yes. Happy birthday. Today, today she's, she is celebrating the, the 26th anniversary of her 21st birthday. <laughs> I love it. She looks 21, so I gave it to her. Well right? said, Big Lee. I, shoot. <laughs> it's a tough job out there in the streets. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so if you don't know, Mr. Lucius, is it, it, I'm going to 
say graciously you're an avid bowler. What is the hardest pickup you have successfully accomplished? Uh, the four seven ten. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I'm going to ask. So I, I have bowling history, and if you all don't know what we're talking about, you just have to Google it. Did you <laughs> right? So did you go from the inside or the outside? Stay out of this, Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go from the inside or the outside? Oh, I, I just I just played uh, the the like the seven, mm -hmm. like I was trying the solid seven, and slid it over. Not got it. it. Yep. Clean. Because that that's the one you either you get it or you miss. And, and, here, and here's the caveat to it: I use the dots to pick it up. Oh, so you don't usually. Okay, so now I'm nerding out. Okay, well, yeah, I've been hanging around these cow people. I've learned, you know, the, learned the maps, <laughs> the angles, and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's the abacus. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite field event? Oh wow. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm gonna be honest and, and then that like i've watched a lot of exciting triple jump competitions because of the people i've had on my my campus but honestly it's the long jump it's the long jump it is and as i and as i said to you guys before um another event that i i love to watch the hammer really intrigues me intrigues me I hear Oval, you better. not so much <laughs> i uh i hear you've got a pretty nice hammer cage out there now so yeah i do it's, it's all painted <laughs> nice and, <you> know, it's... <laughs> sorry sorry just had a good check that one yeah. um what is your favorite familial memory wow well i, I don't think anything will ever replace um, being there to watch my children being born you know nothing will ever you know replace that you know i holding you know, my children in my arms for the first time is just an incredible feeling. You know, I remember the when I held my daughter for the first time, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can't return her. <laughs> yeah, there's no turning back from here. And then, you know, I remember when, when MJ was born, it was just like, wow. <laughs> um, but it just, you know, that just incredible sense of, you know, being very proud, but at the same time, understanding that now I was, you know, in, in charge of helping grow and nurture, uh, you know, these little lives. So my, my children being born by far, by far. All right, let's see how hard left this one goes. What's your most memorable team memory? Oh, come on. <laughs> you are so, so trying to get, get me in trouble. Okay, so, I'm, okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, okay, at the high school level, it was, our first state championship in, in cross country. And because that one was really special because just two years removed from that, um, the, the, the year, like a year before that, we were fifth at our regional meet. And, you know, so we didn't make it. And then that group of guys came together and I challenged them to never forget how that felt. And next year we won the meet by 89 points. And um, at, at Florida, um, uh, it wasn't it was a national championship. It was our first conference indoor championship in 2000, uh, 2004 um, at Kentucky. Nice. All right, last fun one. What's your favorite midday snack? Oh, man. Uh, I, 
I don't know the exact name of them, but it's a peanut, it's a cashew peanuts and raisin mix. And it comes in a gray bag and they're made in Detroit. That's all I know. Because I don't know the name of them. And it's like, can you give me one of the ones in the gray bag? <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. I, because I've got a, you know, I've got Kyra and uh, Taylor and Grace here from Michigan, and they're all from close to Detroit. So they get a kick. That's out of funny. It. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, so Lucius, you survived. Whew. That was the least rapid of rapid fire. We I know there, there was no rapidness at all, <laughs> at all. But fun at that. Good question. That. Good question. All right. Well, um, we don't have to do too much redeeming this week, but we definitely do need to lift up some people and give them praise for letting us be or getting us to where we are as, as coaches and human beings today. Um, is there anybody who's jumping out of their seats to give some props? Uh -oh. oh, there you go, sir. Fight the What's up, brother? My, uh, my heartbeat pops go to uh, my entire familial unit because other than everybody wanting to go to Orlando for, uh, for Disney World, the only other thing I've ever seen my entire familial group locked in for is this election. My, my eight-year-old, the youngest, he, he was asking questions about the electoral college and how do we know how the votes are being counted properly and what if this and that <laughs> happens, which I, I don't know if that makes me a good or bad parent, but, but I just know that it, as, a, as a father, as a leader of the family, the fact that everybody was, has been dialed in and, and off of electronics and wanting to watch the television and listening to adults talk about adult things, for me, that, that's, that makes me feel good about what's going on inside this house. So my heartbeat props go to the, uh, the Magnificent Seven familial unit. Um, before we go any further, let me help you. So down the, down the line, it's our eight-year-old. Nah. Cle clearly, I didn't say, I didn't say hour because because the other half ain't on the show, so it, it don't matter because she watches this and she'll be like, "Hey, hey, hey <laughs> she, does, she doesn't watch the show. We're good." Okay, That's, I'm gonna call her and tell her that. Okay, I'm, I'm squealing. <laughs> I'm snitching. <laughs> hey, Tabika, <laughs> this guy, this mother effer said exactly. Right, right. That's how it's gonna start. He's like this. Mm -hmm. You, our eight-year-old. Thank you, thank you. Would you like for me to go next, Clyde? Since I'm, you since already I'm, in there. Go since ahead. I'm, since I'm clouded. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You so, already in. <laughs> so I, I'm going to give my heartbeat props to a group of people to, tonight. Um, this group of people is at this point in time in my life incredibly large, and there's no way I could ever name every one of them. But I want to give heartbeat props to the parents of all the children I've coached over the years from. Starting at Gainesville High, the Gainesville Striders, Pulis High School, University of Florida. I have had this incredible group of people that have embraced me. They've embraced my vision. They've embraced my discipline. And the when, when I've talked to them about the criteria that I expect from their children and what we expect here at the University of Florida when I was at the high school level, I just want to say thank you to all the parents who have stood beside me, stood behind me, have propped me up at times and pushed me forward at times. Um, thank you for being an absolute incredible support system. 
and people have no idea how important it is to be able to pick up a phone and have a conversation with a parent about their child. Because if you know nothing, okay, parents know their children. If you can't figure out a child, you pick up the phone and have a conversation with the parent, you'd be absolutely shocked what you might learn in a 10 minute conversation about their children. <laughs> flight, flight to 270, my man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay for that later, I know. I know. For <laughs> sure. Would you like to close or would you like me to go last? I'll go. Um, I have to pay, to pay um, you know, keeping the theme of the election that we're currently waiting out the process. Um, as I revealed earlier, I, probably like 25 episodes now ago, um, this is now the second um, election that I've participated in. And, you know, I'll have to say with the pushing of my best friends, I wouldn't, I, I don't know that I wouldn't have participated, but it definitely, you know, I would have definitely still felt mute um, prior to, which is the reason why I didn't take part in the whole election process, because being a Californian, you do feel muted because there's so many and we're said that we're told that our vote doesn't make a difference. But, um, you know, I say thank you to them for encouraging me to actually know what's going on in the election, um, local and nationally. And, you know, as discouraging it is to vote blue and then see the results all red, I can say I tried, you know? And as coaches, we know, if you don't try, you never know. So maybe one day it'll make a difference and, and change the colors. And, and we see that now in 2020, how we've changed some colors unexpectedly, expectedly. Um, so keep on keeping on, keep making your voices heard. Um, so, uh, it is the day after the, the election while we are taping this thing. And so there's no way that my heartbeat props aren't going to be about the election. Um, so on the large scale, since my heartbeat props are to American democracy, which for the last four years has uh, very much been under threat. In, in many, many, many ways. And, you know, people have different opinions, obviously. We have, you know, 70 million plus votes on one side, and 68, 69 million plus votes on the other side. And, and you know, everybody that participated and, and stepped out there and had their voices heard, you know, I, I respect them at, at that base level because they got out there and, and said something. But there's a lot of uh, noise that, that surrounds elections and there's a lot of uh, a lot of misinformation out there. And, and one of the, I was writing about this earlier today, social media wise and having conversations with some of my athletes and some of my family members about this. One, one of the biggest uh, fights in popular culture right now is about the electoral college. And it's funny that, that Lamar uh, made reference to that. The electoral college takes a lot of hits and rightfully so, it's, a, it's an archaic thing that today probably doesn't represent what it was originally intended for. 
But I want to make this point, and especially I want to make this point to Black America and the people who voted, who represent Black America. You need to maybe reconsider your positions on the Electoral College, because the fact of the matter is this. We are 15% of the population, but we're not 15% of the population everywhere in this country. We live in very specific pockets of this country in mass quantities. If you ever get to a point where the Electoral College goes away and the presidency is decided on a one person, one vote, no matter where you're from situation, the one thing that is absolutely should be clear to everybody today is that the power of the black vote would be disintegrated instantly. Right now, because of the black vote in Atlanta, Joe Biden has an opportunity to still win that state. The black vote in Milwaukee decided the Wisconsin election. The black vote in Philadelphia is gonna decide, you know, the Pennsylvania election. The black vote, you know, in, um, Jesus, what's the, uh, in, in Detroit decided the Michigan election. Our power as a 15% minority is given to us through this process and the electoral college is vital to that reality. Right now, it just so happens that a big swath of people on the West Coast and a big swath of people on the East Coast who don't look like us just so happen to vote in our interest most of the time. That hasn't always been the case for Black America, where the majority of white America voted the way we wanted them to vote. If you take away the Electoral College, there's no reason for the presidency and the people who run for it to pay us any attention whatsoever. Because without state by state issues, our power would be less. So for me in 2016, it was really sickening to know that the black vote didn't show up and ultimately handed Trump all of these states that were I was just discussing. And as sick as I felt then, I'm even more proud, doubly proud about what I just witnessed in the last 24 hours. All of America, you know, participated, but Black America stood up and made our voices heard in a way that we've never seen before. And it is that result that has delivered Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to the presidency and the vice presidency. So for all the whining that we were doing, all the people that have their conspiracies, all the people that, that want to yell at the Democrats and, and what they may or may not do for us, now's the time to do that. Because we put them in the seat. Now build your coalitions and hold them responsible over the next four years because they owe us a debt now. And America owes us a much larger debt as a whole. So if you care about those issues, you took the first step, you got the votes right. Now go out there and do something with the power that you have, but don't get it twisted. American democracy works. And what's going on right now is that it is working the way it's supposed to. So calm down if you're still freaked out. <laughs> it's all good. It came out the way it needed to. And now we have an opportunity to fix a lot of things. So I'm proud to, to be here today. And I'm proud of Black America for what we pulled off here. Amen. Well, gentlemen, once again, 31 weeks later, we've accomplished another episode.
So 31. Holy 31. Moly. Yikes. They still let one, us come back. One more episode than your age, G. We're doing good. Ah. <laughs> ah. That's cute. That was so sweet of him, wasn't it? <laughs> it's only the eighth anniversary of that one. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, yeah. I know, right? I mean, hey, it's okay. When I I taught high school, I used to get swept into the tardy sweeps, and I'm like, no, 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 no. See these keys? I got a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, show it off. There you go. Um, everyone, be safe. Definitely be safe, especially with the week that we're in right now. Be safe, make good choices. And until the next time, we will see you later. Thank you so much. When the lights come on, the road just get to running. When the lights come on, the opponents smash the plumbing. Would you like it warm, hot, knife the butter? Truth pin them hard, knock them off that rebuttal. Tsunami, tidal wave to your puddle. Tough love punch when arms, little brothers. Athletics double, I'll see it, there's no others. Track the field's pace and we'll peel to go further. Hey, Wiley, Coyote, it's Roadrunners. Feels like you know us, you've been with us the whole summer. If not for this quarantine, these four corners wouldn't be here, but we're here, so start learning. You gotta earn your stripes, gotta get your scars. Show you how to fight, but show us who you are. You lack experience, but still you wanna talk. And who is actually talking to you? Circle's kinda small. Heads prevail when the backbone's strong. Gotta keep it coming, no won't last long. Pass it, failed, and sell the sad song. And if you don't check yourself, then that's wrong. Just trying to give you the real that you asked for. So why you keep cutting us off to ask more? We put it in slow mode, but you fast forward. Athletics, devil, I'll see the task force.